All right. <laughs> you going to do your rap this time? Oh, now here's a little story I'd like to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history. And then I f- need the worksheet. <laughs> Damn. I forget. Just starting to get into it. <laughs> I'm sure I could look it up. I actually did look it up last time. <laughs> And had it all ready to go, but... Uh, say Levy. Yeah, I can't remember the order of the names. It's been a minute. Well, hey everybody. Welcome to Creepy Club. I'm Rissa. I'm Heidi. And this is a club where two next-door neighbors talk about true climb. True climb. Climb. Yeah, it's Climbers. All, this is a uh, podcast mountains. about climbing. <laughs> uh, true crime. Ghosts cryptids, UFOs, much to Heidi's chagrin, and all kinds of creepy <sighs> stuff. so much sighing. And also today tea. This tea is really fantastic. Thank you. Good. You're welcome. It's a vanilla caramel by Bigelow, I believe. Snaps to Bigelow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pick any gin, Bigelow. Mm-hmm. And also um, Celestial Seasonings, your country peach. It's delightful. Yum. I'll take a case. Mm-hmm. Let's get started with creepy corrections and conclusions. All right, let's do it. Okay, do you have anything? No. I mean, actually, let me look it up, but you go ahead. Okay, so we've talked about how my memory is just basically a log of Swiss cheese. (laughs) There's so many holes. (laughs) I was talking to a friend, she was listening to the podcast, and she said, hey, did do you interview your ex? Because, you know, he used to be a crime scene cleaner. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> your friend had to tell you that your ex was a crime scene cleaner. Yeah. I mean, we didn't date for very long. You know, it was like okay. maybe a few months or something. Was he a crime scene cleaner while you were dating? No. Okay. I can mm-hmm. see how that would be something you don't really remember. I think he had done it fairly soon before I met him though oh i did ask him so we had we still have lots of mutual friends and like we're friendly you know Mm -hmm. i was talking so i sent him a message and i was like hey can i call you and interview you for the podcast and i tried to set up this thing on my phone to record phone calls Uh uh-huh and their direction sucked like (laughs) worse than ikea furniture all right and so i couldn't figure it out so i ended up hacking something at home so I could at least get a transcript so I didn't have to take 5,000 notes. Um, But then today I finally figured out the terrible instructions so that I could record it. So I have a few, I was like, can you, can I call you? Can I have like 10 minutes so I can get some voice clips? So I've got a few clips to share. Oh, cool. Anyway, so I reached out to him and said, hey, can I interview you? Um, I'm not going to name his name or the company that he used to work for. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to leave any Easter eggs. (laughs) We're just going to let him be really anonymous. Okay. He's an ex. I have a bunch of those. So, you know. As do I. Yeah, I get a whole bunch of them. I was really good at not having long-term relationships for a long time, I guess. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, anyway, so so I call him, 
And the company that he worked for, which we talked about this in the podcast, um, they did things besides just crime scene cleanup. Mm -hmm. They did mold abatement and, you know, basically if it was gross... Mm-hmm. They did it. Gotcha. There was a couple things I was surprised to learn. It's so not. It's more clarifications than anything. So right, we were right. They're definitely absolutely underpaid. Like <laughs> yeah. no question. Yeah, no question whatsoever. So for the regular gross, like if your sewer backs up, the person cleaning it might only may- be making like eleven dollars an hour or something. Oh man, to be standing around in poop soup. <laughs> it's so terrible (laughs) yeah and so there was this thing where so the crime scene jobs were 50 bucks an hour instead of the regular wage wow but they didn't it's not like they came up constantly because that wasn't the sole purpose of that particular business they did right all different kinds of cleanup Mm -hmm. um so they would rotate them so they were sort of oddly coveted Okay. Because you made a whole bunch of money. Right, right, right. Like, but then you also need a therapist. So, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway. Who comes out on top? Yeah, bottom line, we both agreed that they definitely don't get paid that much. And I told him that I was glad that he made a career change. I think that was a good idea. Yeah. Um, He does computery things now. And uh, there's no exposal exposure to biohazards so i think that's great a great choice for everybody yeah he was not required to take the osha classes cool yeah so he he did say that they would suit up in like tyvek suits and tape the suit shut and they had face masks and stuff like that but there's not like i think you're supposed to do all that stuff if that's your job i would really hope so yeah i think so i think whether or not that actually happens probably depends on the place that you work at. And what I think was most unexpected about our conversation, but totally made sense once we talked about it, was that there's no like governing body to make sure that a crime scene's been cleaned up correctly. God. <laughs> right. So if you're a restaurant, You have regular inspections. Mm -hmm. A funeral parlor is going to have regular inspections because this is like a brick and mortar. They have a regular business. They're doing the same thing all the time, right? Right. Crime scenes or whether someone dies of natural causes, whatever. It's like kind of a one-off. Yeah. So. I mean, it it would vary greatly circumstance to circumstance, right? Like not everybody. I mean, nobody really dies in the same way every single time. No, and whether it's a homicide or a suicide or whatever, you know, just an elderly person who lived a great life, but didn't get found for a few days or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's nobody, and really, the only way anyone would ever know that it wasn't properly cleaned up is if the customer, like, complained to the Better Business Bureau. Right. There isn't an inspector that comes back through and says, like... A plus. You did a really good job. I I mean, I'm I'm like simultaneously not surprised, but also like that really should not be the case. Well, no, because there's certainly, and I'm not saying I don't think that was necessarily the case for at the company he worked at, or I don't think he would have worked there. But 
the opportunity to exploit grieving people certainly exists without that kind of oversight. Yeah. There is, he gave me a link to a website that I can't think of right now where you do get like different certifications, you know, but they're like four hour, eight hour class kind of certifications, not like go to college kind of certifications. There is a, a governing body that oversees that industry, mm-hmm. but you don't have like inspectors like you do for restaurants. It's not that kind right. of thing, right? right? So there was that. We were correct kind of in our uh, assessment that dealing with the families would be one of the more challenging parts. And so yeah. I asked him to share a story about that because he said that it really didn't matter what the reason was that they were there, whether it was because of mold or a flood or a death. All of that is traumatic. Right. It was all traumatic. And like, this was just not a good time in their life. Yeah, of course. And so anyway, I asked him about that. So let's listen to what he said. Do we have a particular content warning on any of this? No, not at all. This was not like a suicide or a homicide. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Nope. So here, let's listen to that clip real quick. So we had a water loss in one, and we just came to clean up the carpet and kind of leave. And this lady not only had this water loss in her house, but she also had to tell us about this story about her daughter trying to take her money by declaring her mentally unfit to be able to make her own decisions. And she ended up buying us lunch and then telling us all of these horrible things. Um, about how her daughter was trying to have her declared mentally unfit so she could take her money and take her house and sell the house, put her in a home. And, you know, it was awful. And that's, you know, not the lunch, though. The lunch was Jimmy John's. It was fine. But, like, the whole idea that, you know, most of the people I always saw, the thing I was seeing them about wasn't the only thing that was wrong in their lives. So... Right. And I think it was really interesting that you were telling me that it kind of didn't matter what sort of cleanup that you were going to do. I mean, you were making contact with people at a time in their, their lives when they were experiencing some sort of trauma or tragedy. And often it was like a bit of a domino effect. It was layers of things. It wasn't just one thing. Yeah, no, it's uh, people who end up having to call people who do cleanups are not always having a good time of it. That was really touching, and I feel really sorry for that sweet lady who bought them Jimmy John's. I know, and you know what? I'm glad that the crew did the right thing and stuck around and kept an old lady company. Yeah, and maybe just for the Jimmy John's, but still, that's really nice. I don't know. Jimmy John's isn't that good. You know what I mean? I don't know. I really like that beach club. Well, and knowing this particular human, he's... Pardon me. This is episode three of Hiccups. (laughs) What is going on? And they're like random two and three (laughs) Hiccup episodes. This is going to be the new... It's going to be... I'm drunk off of my tea gonna be our new drinking game oh, yeah. Heidi hiccuped take a drink yeah we somebody should make a bingo board yeah um 
Anyway, knowing who he is, he's very empathetic, very sympathetic. Mm -hmm. So I can't speak for the rest of the crew, but he will be like, yeah, of course I'll have lunch with you. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. He would not make up an excuse to leave. Mm -hmm. I think plenty of people might. Right. Yeah. Um, So I have a couple more clips. Okay. One is, well, I think they both deserve... A gross factor content warning. Okay, so how far ahead should squeamish listeners, i.e. my mother, oh, <laughs> skip? <laughs> um, I would say give it a solid four. Okay, mom, did you hear that? Skip ahead four minutes. Mama? Mm-hmm. Four whole minutes, at least. So, the first story is about what happens to blood after it's been hanging around for a while. Mhm. And I'll I'll we'll do that one and then I'll do a quick intro on the third. Okay, let's listen. So, when we were talking about the cleanup, uh-huh. I cannot stop thinking about this how you were telling me that if blood's been hanging around for a while <laughs> that Right. You sound totally evil when you do that. Um, but if blood's been hanging around for a while, that it becomes a really difficult job to clean up and that you have to use some sort of chemicals to then soften it. Uh, it's any point of like blood hitting a semi-porous or, uh, or non-porous surface. It's, you use a uh, cleaner that only basically breaks down the blood itself, like, it collapses the walls. Anything that you don't want in you while you're alive, yeah, that's free, you know, that's up in the air for, like, taking it off the ground. So, so what is the, you know, like, when you think about blood, like, you prick your finger, and it's, like, this nice, you know, sort of thin, liquidy stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you have to rehydrate it so that you can clean it, what kind of, because you told me that you could, like, scoop it up, which yeah, blew my mind. So, yeah, um, blood that's left long enough will just become a solid, and you can kind of chip and pick at it like a like a mortar. But then if you put some sort of solvent or cleaner on it to soften uh-huh. it to make the work not so hard... What you still of, scrape it up. And right. It, uh, and it ends up with a texture like... Do you ever leave jelly in the fridge too long? Where you have a mass of jelly in the center but runny stuff all the way around it? Uh, Yeah, it's a little bit like that. It's like semi-hydrated. Not even hydrated. It's just semi-runny, right? It's just it's runny in the parts that you need to get it up off the ground. You don't want to make the whole pile into runny mess because then you have a whole runny mess. Right. You just want to loosen it up enough to release it from whatever it's stuck to. Correct. Okay. So, but it's just weird to think that blood kind of will form a pile. I mean, it can. It doesn't have to. It depends on the geometry. Right. I'm sure there's some physics involved here, but just kind of the idea that, like, in in your mind's eye, well, and if you watch a lot of crime TV like I do, uh-huh. it, it runs everywhere. Like, it gets all over the place, and it keeps dripping. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's more no, of not a, accurate. like um, a paint sprayer effect, you know, so there's going to be this, like, thin, even distribution, but 
<laughs> Wait, you're explaining does not sound like that at all. Nope. Nope, nope, not at all. So if someone passes away and the blood, like, pools up next to them once the body's removed, that is not necessarily, you know, like maybe their body kind of creates a dam so that it doesn't keep spreading. Well, I mean, like, so think about it in the middle of a bed, right? Okay. It wouldn't be so much of a dam. It wouldn't be so much a dam as it would be a depressive area, and the bud would pool around them. Like, sure, you'd have some arterial spray, but I mean, after everything stops being so energetic about it all, it basically just sits around you. Yeah, that's just horrifying. Gross. When we were talking on the phone yesterday, which is not recorded, he would say things like, "If I was." you know, doing cleanup and my um, hand scraper just got too gloppy that I couldn't get it clean. I just throw it away and use another one. And that just doesn't match up with how I imagine blood to be. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because if you leave food on your dishes in the sink, they harden and you have to soak them to really right. clean them. Everything's going to dehydrate to some extent over time. Yeah. But, yeah, I just never put that together with blood. Gross. Very gross. He just try, described it as being, like, sticky. Like, tacky. Yeah. No, That's thank you. That's <laughs> also not something that I would have thought of. So, the final story um, from our conversation, <laughs> like in many professions, sometimes you think you get maybe a little too big for your britches. And you think that perhaps you can cut corners just this one time and everything will be fine. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to let him tell the story. Okay. We were cleaning up this one mattress that somebody died in that just needed to be taken out. And, you know, usually when you get to go clean up a crime scene, you, or, you know, a non-crime scene, like an actual just, someone died. You, you gear up, situation. yeah. You gear up, Tyvek gloves, full face mask, whole nine yards. You duct tape your gloves on, and then you go clean up. That takes about forty five minutes, ish. I mean, depending on how quick and how often you do it. So it can take a lot of time. And yep. if you're just dealing with one thing, you kind of want to skip that part sometimes. Even if you're impatient and you think you know you get complacent. You're like, it's fine. This is going to be fine. We can just gently move this thing. <clears throat> so they had to move a mattress. And unfortunately, one of my coworkers slipped while they were moving this mattress. And they had decided to not suit up first because it was just on the mattress. Oh, so they going to go so bad. Yes. It's, they slip and they fall face first right into the mattress. Uh, into the ooey part? Into just all of it. Oh. You know, I bet that's one of those mistakes you only make one time. Yeah. Or you hear about somebody making one time because then you go, I'm not doing that. Yeah. that's. I think that's so. Well, the takeaway from this is that while it's a pain in the ass to suit up for a dirty job, (laughs) it's probably always going to be a good idea. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So gross. I know when I had him retell the story when I called him today because he told me yesterday, 
And I was like, I don't think there's enough showers to make that right. No, I mean, no. He's like, no, 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 there are. I mean, people are disgusting. Like, we were covered in bacteria all the time. And I was like, I mean, he's not wrong. But, but emotionally, I think you need like emotional. an emotional shower. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I need my aura, like scrubbed, waxed, polished. Yeah, how many therapy sessions equals one spiritual shower? This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't care if they pay you $50 an hour. You go face first into the remains. Someone's like slurpy remains mm-hmm. on an old stanky mattress. One time. Right. That's all it's going to take yeah. for at least a half a dozen therapy visits. Mm-hmm. And maybe more. It's not, that's $50 not worth it. Yep. Well, when I said I didn't have any corrections, conclusions, clarifications, I totally lied. I have a bunch. That sounds about right. Um, We talked about sleepwalk with me. So we were talking about sleep oh, disorders yeah, Mike and stuff. Oh, yeah, Yeah. So it started out as a live show. And then he wrote a book, which he included the story of sleepwalk with me in the book. And then he ultimately made it into a movie. Um, And in his newest comedy special, I think I had said something like, oh, um, I think he controls it with medication now. That was totally wrong. Um, Big surprise. He, in his newest comedy special, he talks about how now, in addition to sleeping in a sleeping bag with mittens on, uh, he has a baby now. So he sleeps in a separate room with a chain lock on the door to ensure that he does not hurt the baby. So he's like that girl I went to school with who had to have other people hide her stuff yeah. because her subconscious knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that like... He basically has horrible. to get straight jacketed to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like science is there for him. He just hasn't... I can only imagine how rare a disorder that is, though, Yeah, to not have whatever that chemical is called that causes paralysis while you sleep so that you don't act out your dreams it's like one a bajillion yeah or maybe it's really common and we just don't know anybody so we were also talking about what we thought the consistency of the brain is and i found like if you could bounce it uh uh-huh i found an article on business insider that says that the brain is the consistency of (laughs) jello so you That's way should, squishier than I thought it would be. You should not bounce it. I don't know. Jello's got a little bit of a like boing to it. If you threw Jello on a floor, though, it would it would splat. Yeah. But when you see a brain in a jar, it definitely looks like it has some density to it. Yeah, I think that probably has to do with the chemicals that it has been soaked in. You know. But okay. If you open so up maybe a bra- it swells if you open up a, some. Maybe. Or dehydrates it some somehow, like takes the porosity. I don't know, but if you open up a skull right now and look More at a brain, kind of jelloey, you can scoop it up with a spoon. Well, that that's a horrifying <laughs> You're image. Welcome. Thank you. Um. So, and I also talked about how I thought that there was some, um news article or like there was something to do with the mr freeze ride at six Flags st louis that opened up i if there it might be their newest ride i don't know but 
I couldn't find, I, I had said that I remembered when it opened or before it opened, they had had problems with people like losing consciousness on the ride. And so they had to adjust it a little bit before it opened. I can't really find any info about that. So I might've either just made that up or I'm wondering if there's a deeper conspiracy that Six Flags didn't want anybody to really know about that. Oh, they probably so buried they that shit so deep. Right. Yeah, I did I mean, find a lot of articles about horrifying roller coaster accidents that might be a future episode. Ooh. <laughs> oh, okay. And not to be a naysayer, but I Googled while you were talking about Mike Berbiglia because I was like, what is the name of his disorder? And when I did it, it pulled up an article that says he does take medication into in addition to... Um, the sleeping bag and mittens and all that other jazz. Oh, okay. Uh, called clonazepam. Clonazepam. It's a drug used to treat seizures. Okay. It's also the same drug that I take for tremors. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and also the same drug used to treat panic disorder. Okay. I think huh. pharmacy is fascinating. Yeah. Like, how'd they figure that out? Did they have someone who had a seizure and also panic disorder? And they were like... I don't have panic attacks anymore. This yeah, is badass. I mean, like, how does that even happen? Maybe, but it might be more of like, more, way more sciencey than that. You know, like saying like, okay, well, these panic attacks are caused by similar things as these seizures. So maybe the struggle work and they tested it out and it did. I don't know. Well, it says it activates parts of the brain to produce a calming effect. So obviously that's clear. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Seems to make sense why that would be helpful for panic disorder. Um, for my tremors, the medications that they, the sort of spectrum of medication that's prescribed for that is all things that suppress your nervous system. Mm -hmm. So the less agitated that is, the less likely you are to have tremor activity. And I assume that must be the same deal with seizures. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't, they're not... Tremors and seizures are definitely not the same thing, but maybe they're adjacent neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, the brain is fascinating for yes. being made from jello. Yes. <laughs> Does all kinds of weird stuff and we don't even understand it. Yeah. So I'd also like to, I think this might fall under correction. I was so very sleepy during that episode and I maybe said like five unique words the whole episode. <laughs> But <laughs> I don't I said think a lot it was of, quite as extreme yeah. as you thought it was because I listened uh -huh. to it for corrections and you participated well or you edited well. Well, there was one particular moment where I thought that I should have reacted more because as I was listening to it editing, I was like, oh my God, why did I not react to this? When you were describing your coworker cutting your stitches out for you, <laughs> what the fuck? I was just like, uh-huh. No. Yeah, uh-huh. And I was like, oh, no. Maurice was my hero. That, That is wild, Heidi. I'm sorry, but that's wild. No, and I asked it super normal. <laughs> we were, like, in the kitchen getting coffee, and I... And this is not really unusual Heidi behavior to, like, throw a total curveball question. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, Maurice, how's your morning going? And he's like, pretty good. I was like... On a scale of one to ten, how are you squeamish? Like, would yeah. you rate yourself high or low? And he's like, oh, pretty low. I was like, okay, that's great, because I have a favor. I think that 
you know, I don't think that it's kind of like a content warning, though. I just I wasn't going <laughs> to proceed with the line of questioning if he was like, because I had another coworker that if you even hinted at something that was remotely medical and not like from the ten thousand foot view, she'd start backing away and turning green. I mean, I think there is a middle ground that roughly everyone falls into of like sure. being like, okay, I'm not super squeamish about that, but like, what? Why would you? <laughs> why wouldn't you go to a doctor to get your stitches out? Because why are you asking me as a coworker? It's just some string. <laughs> okay, I Look, would like all I of had our listeners all the tools, and. It- he had a private office with a door. It was going to take two minutes. And it w- okay. I was really pressed for time. I was getting married. I did not have time to go to the doctor. Not too... Okay. okay. It was clear that it was healed. It makes sense. It makes sense. But I just want... He's just maybe, a chill dude. Maybe I just want some people to back me up. Listeners, if you have a similar reaction to me, or whatever your reaction is, comment on our Instagram post for this episode. And episode number 30. Woohoo. Uh, and let me know what your reaction would be if Heidi asked you to take out her stitches for you. No, I just needed him to hold them. <laughs> okay. Whatever whatever it is. I just needed him to hold the little knots. All right. So. That is by no means the weirdest question I've randomly <laughs> asked someone either. <laughs> well. Or the most unusual request, just for the record. I totally believe that. And um, you'd be surprised how many people are willing to do all kinds of things if you just ask. Right. But you have to ask. So the next one, I we talked about activated charcoal a little bit as far as like uh, deodorizing stuff. So activated charcoal is basically regular charcoal that you would use in your um, barbecue pit but it has oxygen added to it so it has more surface area so it's actually better for deodorizing and charcoal whether activated or not will deodorize just by sitting there like it doesn't have to have air pumped through it like i erroneously assumed so like i can go buy some briquettes and just open the bag and stick it in my car yeah huh apparently you can that sounds potentially messy if you, like, take a turn real fast. Yeah. And I think activated charcoal works better for that because it has more surface area. But I yeah. had some charcoal that was the, like, food grade because I read this tip that you could naturally whiten your teeth with it. Mm-hmm. But it was the grossest mess yeah. you've ever seen in your entire life. So I tapped out of that one. But then I had some muslin bags and I thought, oh... I'll put it in the muslin bag, and then I can oh, use yeah. it as, like, a natural deodorizer in my car. Spoiler, it's smaller than the holes in a muslin bag. So all I did was make a giant fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, that was one of the articles that I found was, like, to put it in a little bag and hang it wherever you needed deodorant. Well, it's not the food-grade kind that you're supposed to <laughs> yeah. use. Maybe you're supposed to take a mallet to a barbecue pit. Yeah, maybe. But I'm going to... I'm going to check it out. I'm going to try it. I've got charcoal in my garage. I'm going to stick one like in a sock and put it in my car and see what happens. See if it smells better. Um, And then one more thing. I'm not going to get into it because we're already uh, pretty far into the episode. But 
uh, like a day after we recorded this episode, there was an Ask Me Anything on Reddit that was a media lot, me, medical legal death investigator who answered questions. So I'll just link to it on our meeting minutes and you can go check that out. There's some really interesting Stop stories in there. Stop it. Right. Bunny. So. What is that? Synchronicity? Yeah. Synchronicity. Exactly. That's a That's a fun word. Totally. So. Let's talk about what we're talking about today. I don't know. I wish you would go ahead and tell me. You've I know. Been, I'm really excited. Been so, hogging it. So I decided to do an episode about haunted artifacts. Surprise. There's ghosts involved. Yeah. And I found... So it's it only ended up being two for this episode because I had so much info about one of them. Okay. Um, but I feel like this is going to be an ongoing thing. So maybe the next time it'll be Haunted, Haunted Artifacts Volume 2 or something. Because I just, I find... There's just a lot to say Yeah, about there's it. a lot. Okay. And I find it endlessly fascinating. So we'll just go ahead and say this is Haunted Artifacts Volume 1. Um, or Episode 1. Yeah. We'll see. So the first one I want to talk about is one that... Actually, like, I feel like this is one of the first things that piqued my interest in, you know, possibly haunted artifacts. Have you ever heard of the haunted effigy in the St. Louis Art Museum? No. Yeah. So, there... Um, I know what an effigy is, and I've been to the art museum here sure, in St. Louis. Sure. So, it is um, a piece that they had in the basement near the pre-Columbian artifacts, possibly the Mayan time period. Um, and it was titled Effigy Figure in parentheses Ramba Ramp, which is a fun, fun word. I'll uh, define it in a little bit here. Um, this particular one was made from a skull of a high-ranking South Malakulan man. And Malakula is um, an island that is kind of northeast of Australia, kind of in the like Papua New Guinea area. Okay. Um, I'm getting some National Geographic vibes. Yeah, totally. So um, this particular effigy um, seemingly moves around in its glass casing and scratches the inside of the casing, the glass casing that is in. I have been there and seen this haunted okay, effigy. I do not like that at all. I know. Especially because it has human fingernails, too. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Wait, can we live look at a picture can you display oh, a photo yeah, yeah, yeah sure yeah so everybody play along anyway <laughs> Gra- grab your laptops park in front of your computers yeah pull up the meeting minutes i will yeah, have a pull, picture pull your this. car over mm-hmm. so you can pull google your car over. yeah well that's me that's where i listen to most of my podcasts uh-huh. okay i need to see the effigy figure okay because is. i went to like the st louis burning man kind of thing which was um Artica, mm-hmm. I guess technically they're they're their own thing, but it's the same idea. They do they burn an effigy, but it looks more like a a really tall, skinny haystack. Yeah, when I think of effigy, I think of something that somebody's going to burn. But this is just a this is a kind of spiritual relic, kind of like they they believe that the spirit of this man that they've used the skull of still inhabits this figure and we're looking at it now okay i have two comments right off the top sure one what the fuck is going on with his feet (laughs) 
Yeah. Those feet are creeping me out real bad. Yeah. Two, longest torso ever. It yeah. makes me think of when it was super popular to have the really long t-shirts. Oh, yeah. And the jeans that sag super low. Yeah, you're totally right. And you right. still see that a little bit, but... Like, proportionally, it made people look like they had Smurf legs, yeah. and they'd be, like, a size medium and buy a 3X shirt. Yeah, this is by no means, like, it, it's not it's not life-sized. It's maybe, if I'm remembering correctly, well, it's maybe three. Well, I bet if you down and it says the, right there in the oh, notes. yeah, it might. You're right. Um, but I was thinking... Look I, at me now and stuff. I think it's probably, like, three feet tall. Let's see. Approximate 62. So that's, like, five feet. 12, 24, 36, 48, 60, five feet. Yep. Yeah. So. No, that's my mom. It's my mom. Yeah. My mom's that tall. Okay. I do not like that they used a real human skull. Mm-hmm. I think that was a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. You were just asking for shit to happen. Yeah. Um. Does it say in the notes what what is the rest of the sculpture made from? Yes. So it's made from. Um, oh, there we go. They, so a ramba ramp is this kind of effigy that is created with human skull, clay modeled features, bamboo, plant fibers, basically stuff that they found around. Oh, okay, right? resin, paint, other yeah. materials. Yeah. Um, and I have seen this figure. I don't think it is uh, displayed anymore because the last time I went, which you know, it was a while ago, but the last time I went, I did not see it. I Every time I go to the art museum, I want to go down there. I want to see this haunted effigy, right? And we I need, s- I've We s- need to go visit it. Well, I don't think it's displayed anymore. Damn it, in their rotating the last, collection. Yeah, the last time I went, it wasn't. But when I did see it, I did see scratches on the glass Ugh. from the inside. Um, Is that like his lunchbox? What's he holding? It looks like a shell, right? I it looks I like um, one of the, like a snail shell. Yeah. But it's being held like it's a lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. It totally, does it say what it is? Um, I don't or... think so. Um, But so the people, it seems like the people at the art museum know about this like story this urban myth of the haunted effigy because um in this article i found from sauce magazine it quoted brian atkinson of the st louis art museum he said that it was less an urban myth and more of something that the museum talks about openly so it's no secret which i think is really interesting okay i have a friend who worked at the art museum for 15 years i'm texting her right now oh that's awesome I actually know a couple people who've worked there, but she worked mm-hmm. there the longest by far. Yeah. So have you ever heard of the, what is, what what are we calling this? It's called Effigy Figure in parentheses Ramba Ramp, but it might be also known as um, just the Haunted Effigy. That, that sounds like, um, like 1950s, like Ramp, 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 Ramp. Well, I always say, I think of like, whoa, Black Betty, Ramba Ramp. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ramba Ram. So we already talked about what the Ramba Ramps are made of. This is something common for this culture to make. They they make it for high-ranking males, and they paint them with their rank, and they they stand them up in the home as a place for the spirit to reside to keep over to keep watch over the community. 
So, yeah, that's the um, haunted effigy figure that I've been fascinated with for a very long time. I I need you to scroll down because they... So, if you're not from St. Louis, and if you are from St. Louis, and maybe you just don't know a lot about our art museum, we have one of the most phenomenal art museums, and they are so committed to being free that it's actually carved in the headstone outside the building. It says, oh, I didn't know free that. for all. That's yeah. great. Yeah, so it will, they have special exhibits that cost money, but you can definitely go spend an entire day there and mm-hmm. see a ton of art. But they are meticulous historians. And so I bet that, um, and they do a really good job on their website with the collection. And usually it says somewhere, I thought if it was currently in storage or if it was on display. Right. Because their rotating collection yeah, is huge. current location, not on view. Okay, current, not on view. Mm-hmm. So, but I bet that we could email somebody and find out when it's next scheduled to be on view. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, well, yeah, there are art museum. I don't know what it's like in other places, but I feel like ours is better than average. Cool. All right, so that was the little blurb about the haunted effigy. And now I've got this big, long story about uh, another haunted artifact and this comes from the traveling museum of the paranormal which we've talked about in previous episodes they're going to be at that um oh absolutely yeah paranormal sorry traveling museum of the paranormal and the occult gotta get that occult in there um that's like one hell of an acronym yeah so they have this piece in their museum called the catskills crone so i'm going to talk a lot about that um it all started with this 2016 reddit post So two guys were hiking in a remote area of the Catskills and they were kind of going off trail and they found this cave. Um, And in the cave, they, it looked like somebody had recently built a fire there and there was some kind of trash laying around, like some broken glass and they saw like a hairbrush and then they saw this statue and it was a wooden carved figure with rusty nails driven into the eyes and a noose around its neck. Lovely. Uh, quick aside. Yeah. My friend messaged me back right away and she said, oh, for sure, I could tell you stories. <gasps> Gave my friend Ron blood poisoning. What? Okay, that's going to be um, probably a follow up on the next, not the next episode, but the following episode. I was like, we need to talk. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll follow up with her. That's awesome. Okay, so the Catskills crone. So this is a picture of the crone as it was found in the cave. Uh, no, thank you. Um, and I think, yeah, this is a closer up image of it. So it's a, it's a wooden carved figure, kind of primitively carved. And then there's nails driven into the eyes with a noose but around But that is snap. somebody who has some skill. Yes. Yeah, it's not like it is primitive, but it is also kind of like folk arty, not not it's realistic. It's sort of folk arty, but not like if you're caveman. into really gruesome folk art. <laughs> yeah, because it's got like the nails hammered into the eyeballs and the noose, a little disturbing. Right. Okay. Okay. So these these two guys find this statue in a cave. One guy. The, the one guy decided he wanted to take the statue home because he might be a glutton for punishment. And the other guy, whose name is Danny, 
warned him not to because he had heard rumors of witchcraft and satanic rituals in the area. And he was more of a believer where his, his friend who took the statue home was like, man, I don't give a shit about that. I think that the friend was smart. Yeah. So um, the guy who took the statue home started experiencing weird stuff. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that the statue would move on its own. Like, he would leave it in one place and find it in another. I don't like that. He said, he's like, it wasn't my dog because my dog will not go near it. Well, and a dog would totally leave tooth marks in wood. You're right. Um, and he said, also, his dog peed in the house three nights in a row after he got the statue, and it had never done that before. Um, he also noticed an intense pond water smell in his home. Okay, that is not a pleasant smell. Right. At all. And at 3 a.m., somebody knocks on his door. He said none of the motion lights went off. Um, he uh, probably... <laughs> he opened the door, which was probably a very bad idea. He said he felt as if he shouldn't have opened the door. Okay. Um, he said he stayed up all night, like he could not sleep at all. And then the next day to kind of calm himself, he decided to go to the movies, probably like a, a matinee or something. And go see something funny and turn off my brain. Yeah. So he came, he comes home and he says the house felt better. Like the air, the energy maybe had cleared a little bit. So he went to bed. He woke up at about 10 p.m., and his dog was barking like crazy. And then the intense pond water smell was back. He got up and he looks around and there's muddy footprints all over the house as if somebody was barefoot with mud on their feet and tracked mud throughout the house. Mm-mm. He went around to all the doors and windows and made sure they were all locked. They were all locked. There was nothing open. Um, and the statue was sitting in the middle of the living room where he had not left it. Near the statue, like, he started going towards the statue to pick it up, but then he would hear the sound of labored breathing the closer he got to the statue. Oh, hell no. So, at that point, he was like, fuck this shit. He noped out of there. He took his dog and went over to his friend Danny's house and stayed there for the night. That's when they made the Reddit post. Um, and they wanted to, they were asking for, basically asking for advice from the Reddit like parent, I think it was the paranormal community asking them if they should burn it. That's what they kind of wanted to do. Um, but a friend of um, this couple, uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk, they are the ones that own and operate the traveling museum of the paranormal cult. Okay. A friend of theirs had seen this Reddit thread and um, commented on it and said, Hey, you should contact my buddies, Greg and Dana. There are Dana. They will, um, they, you know, they have this museum. They might be interested in this artifact or they might be able to tell you what to do with it. Right. So Danny emails Greg and Dana. Greg <laughs> writes him back and is like, put that back where you found it and apologize to whatever is going on. Be like, I'm sorry. I moved to yeah. and penance. Exactly. Just let me know what to do. Yeah. So, Danny then emails Greg back and says um, they went to back to the other guy's house intending to take the statue back to the cave. Um, the footprints were all still there and the dog refused to go inside the house. 
Never a good sign. I totally trust animals' instinct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The statue had moved from the living room into the hallway by itself because his friend had left it in the living room. So they, they went up to it and apologized to it and asked it if it wanted to go back to the cave. And then they, they had a feeling come over them that they sh- they did not want to go back to the cave. I mean, I don't blame them. I don't know if it was more of a practical thing or more of an emotional feeling. Probably both. Because, like, if practically, if they went back to the cave, whoever had left that statue there might be there. They might run into this person. Um... And, you know, like, emotionally, like, I don't want to go back to a scary cave in the middle of nowhere, right? Um, so then, as they're feeling this, the dog starts barking like crazy from outside. And so they turn around to see what was going on, and they, out of the corner of their eye, they see this old woman in the corner. She's naked, she's dripping wet, and her eyes are glowing, just standing in the corner. Uh Uh-uh. So they... Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. They run out of the house. They're like, hell no. As you should. Um, They waited around for a while, gathered up their courage. They went back in the house. The woman was gone. They wrapped the statue in a pillowcase and put it in the guy's trunk. Cover its eyes. That's a good idea. So Danny, this is all in an email that Danny's writing to Greg. And Danny asks if he can send it to Greg. And Greg says, sure. And so they send it to Greg and Dana. Dana. Sorry, I I keep saying Dana. I think it's Dana. So the crone arrives to Greg and Dana's. What did I say? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I apologize. Uh, So the crone arrives. They do what they do whenever any kind of artifact arrives for their collection. They take pictures of it and they took measurements. Um, the, they noted that the carving and the nails looked old, but the rope seemed less than a year old, which they thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. When we looked at it earlier, I thought that noose doesn't really look ancient. Right. And also fiber doesn't have that kind of longevity. Right. Yeah, that was a little odd. Yeah, they didn't really think much of it. They most artifacts that arrive don't really amount to much. You know, they not a lot of stuff goes on, so they just kind of left it in their office. They closed the office door and they kind of went about their life. Right. Um, Later in the evening, they heard a commotion coming from the office, and they were like, "Oh, it's the cats! God damn them!" You know. Um, So Greg got up. And went to see what was the matter. The door was closed to the office. They were like, okay, probably not the cats. And he went and looked and they were, the cats were hiding under the bed. Um, so he opened up the office, looked around. He didn't really notice anything at first, but then he looks down and he had almost stepped on something. And it was um, a Jesus figurine that had been on a crucifix on the wall. And the thing had been snapped off of the crucifix and seemingly thrown across the room because the, yeah, the, the, the crucifix Mm-mm. had been hanging on the opposite wall as the door. No, 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 no. I don't like the any figure of this. snapped at the wrist. Uh, uh-uh, I don't care. So whatever, yeah, whatever did that had to have snapped it across, snapped the arm with the cross still hanging on the wall and thrown the figure across the room. 
And two of the nails that had been in there to, like, you know, crucify him were missing. Like, they could not find them. Which, you know, they're small little tiny nails. Like, probably not um, unusual to not find those. Um, And I'm going to scroll down to a picture of... There's the Jesus figure. Oh, it snapped on his arm. I was thinking it was his oh, wrist, but it was his arm. That totally looks like the Jesus that's on my last rites kit that I had a Sweet. super glue. So you see how the the arm that's still hanging on the cross has that little nail in it. And okay, there's wait. holes for the other nails on, on the figurine. They're missing those nails. They couldn't find them. Okay. Also, that thing is like baby doll sized. Oh, the little figurine. The, uh-huh. I mean the cat skull crone, the statue. The yeah, new snack. Yeah, it's small. Yeah, it looks like just the right size to play with. But man, things with nails sticking out of their eyes—that's bad news. Yeah. Yet yeah, no, that looks exactly like the Jesus on my last rides kit. Yeah. And my Jesus was broken in a nearly identical way. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's probably great. So they I'll have to check all my to... closets for that thing, whatever that's called. Yeah. So they decided to um, set up surveillance on the office, um, and nothing really happened for about two months until um, the cam- one night the camera th- triggered three times. I guess it was like one of those, you know, deer cam things that triggers whenever something moves. Oh, yeah, it's like motion activated. Right. So at first when they looked at the pictures... Um, it just looked like there were some like light anomalies, like maybe maybe orbs, which you know nobody ever really puts puts much stock in. But once they stitched the photos together, they noticed that um, the crone moves ever so slightly. Blah. So I'm gonna show you the video. Okay, the girl right below. She's giving me. Yeah, we'll she's get, giving me we'll stink eye. We'll get to that. Okay, where's okay? There's the crone. What? Oh, there's probably some. Did you, you know, tell me why it was called that, and I already forgot? Mm, we'll get to it. Okay. Okay. So here's the footage. You see how the light? There's like light anomalies, like a little orb. But then you can kind of see how the crone shifts ever so slightly. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it kind of from this perspective, it looks kind of like um, like um, uh, Aunt Jemima pancake syrup bottle. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel like that's about the right size, like a like a family size one. Yeah. Um. So after that, um, I guess a few weeks later. This is Dana in this picture. I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post a link to this article that has all these pictures in sequential order. Oh, for you. okay. So this is. She's this is, yeah, Dana, one of the co-owners of this museum of the traveling museum of the paranormal occult. Look at the kitty in the back. It looks like my Fiona. Oh yeah. Hey kitty, kitty. So she weeks later, Dana. Uh, was like hey greg why did you stand on the back of the couch with wet feet and he was like what are you talking about and um she found this big wet spot now they say wet footprint right 
to me that doesn't look very footprint it doesn't look, look very footprinty i mean it looks like it could be a footprint maybe it could be but to me it just looks like a wet spot on their couch so but you know yeah. who knows um but and shortly thereafter they started experiencing the intense pond water smell that we talked about Ugh, earlier that is not a good smell yep um so they they were experiencing the smell for about two weeks and at one point the smell just became so unbearable that greg like kind of lost it he was like fuck this shit he took the statue out of the office slammed it down on the coffee table and started giving it a lecture he was like i'm happy to give you a home the hikers would have burned you if i'd left you with them um but you need to respect the rules of this house or you're gonna go into a box which is he said that he gives this threat it was like real talk with the yeah yeah okay. he says he does this with a lot of his artifacts that cause trouble like he's like he threatens hey you're gonna go into the box unless you behave and it usually works right yeah like get your shit together or you're gonna have to yeah you're go you're kind going in the closet energetically making a boundary if you will okay um and he said as soon as he finished giving this statue this talk they hear the sound of rushing water and they had had a pipe burst like a few months before that and so they were like oh fuck that's what that you know that that's what they immediately thought it was so they started running towards the noise but as they got closer the noise stopped and then they heard a thud and went back into the living room and the the statue had fallen off the coffee coffee table and thudded on the floor um and it kind of fell right in front of their tv stand and so Greg bends over to pick it up and he hears Dana yell and catch. She ran over and caught the TV, which was tipping over to fall on top of Greg Ugh. as he was picking up the statue. So they were like, okay. Uh, that statue's got a serious attitude problem. Yeah. So um, you're going in the box, as they say. So they built, they actually built a special box to house this statue. Um. They didn't really go into great detail about what the box was made of or whatever, but I'm sure it was like blessed or so, you know something, right? To keep soaked in holy water. In. Yeah. Um, but they also decided to start taking it on tour with them, so they could get other people's opinions about it, like I use sensitive people. Um, See if somebody whatever. could get rid of whatever the angry yeah. thing was. But it was strictly on like a look but don't touch sort of situation. Um, as most things in museums are, but there are some things in the traveling, traveling museum that they'll let people look at. Okay. Um, when I went, this is all, most of this is, most of everything I'm telling you is from their, um, their blog post. Um, but they also had, whenever I went to the haunted, um, oh, what was it called? The Alton, uh, Convention haunted America haunted America conference. That's what I'm trying to say. When I went there, they gave a talk and they told the story about the crone. Um, and so she was there when I was there. I think I saw her. I forget really, but um, they had like a black mirror that I looked into, and they had. I remember you telling me yeah, about that. Yeah, they had other artifacts that I do want to um, talk about in future episodes. But anyway, so back to the crone. They take her out on tour. People start experiencing strange symptoms while they are looking at the crone. They feel like a burning sensation in their eyes. They are overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. 
And then this um, gifted, sensitive, and medium April Slaughter, who was also at that Haunted American conference, she gave a talk. Um, she spent time reading The Crone, and she said that the statue houses an it, not a she. Um, and that Non-binary. This, yeah. And that the statue... I mean, I don't know if it's non-binary as much as, like, it's something that is not of this earthly plane. Right. Um, and the statue was used for different rituals over many years, which kind of explains why the rope might be a different age than the nails. Like, it was used... Maybe at one time it was used to, like, blind somebody, and this time it was used to, like, I don't know, hang somebody. Okay. Um. It's got kind of a voodoo doll vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of people feel that way as well. Um, the entity that was inside the crone knew that April could see it and was not happy that she could. That's super creepy. I don't like that. Yeah. So in June 2016, they put the crone under 24-7 surveillance on a live stream, which is so cool. Um, people reported, people that viewed the live stream reported seeing electromagnetic fluctuations. They had like a little electromagnetic meter next to it on the live stream. Um, they could see light anomalies, you know, probably like orbs and then feelings of an ease. And even people reported like power outages in their home and electronic equipment failure. They also reported the burning eyes and the pond water scent. Um, which I think is totally interesting that people that are viewing this live stream can also experience these physical effects. So they placed different objects near the statue, which they call trigger objects. Okay. One one was a voodoo nail, a voodoo coffin nail, uh, a crucifix, and holy water. These Uh, all seem smart. (laughs) Yeah. Had your bets. I mean, I think... I think they're intended to kind of provoke the spirit, though. So it may not be super smart. But at one point, let me scroll down to the video. But at one point, the um, statue appears to, like, flick the nail off of itself. Uh-uh. Um, yeah, here's this. Here's a gif. Yeah. The, the nail is sort of sitting up against the statue in a kind of not so stable manner so it really could have just fallen on its own but it does seem weird that it's paired it's kind of paired with this electromagnetic kind of spike and then it falls well i i don't know let me watch the meter uh i don't know that i feel like anything really conclusive happened right right i feel the same way um I don't care for it either way. Yeah, it's the same. So another interesting thing that happened with this live stream is is a well-known contributor to their Facebook group was viewing the feed and she wrote them an email after and she said about 4.40-ish in the morning, I woke up to the weight of someone sitting on my back. I figured it was our two-year-old daughter. That's how heavy it was. When I moved, it, I actually felt like each, or sorry, when I moved, I actually felt each leg-like limb extend and slide off of me. Oh! My whole, <laughs> oh. My whole body was flushed with heat and broke out into immediate goosebumps and sweat. 
A few moments later, there was a loud bang, followed by my two dogs running into the living room from their beds in in our laundry room. But the worst part of this is, prior to waking up, I was dreaming that a woman was whispering in my ear that Greg has swallowed the missing crucifix nails, that she dropped them in his mouth while he was sleeping, and that's why I wrote you guys. So, do you remember the nails that I said were missing from that crucifix? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, several days after... Um, so, rewind back to when Greg almost got killed by the TV dropping on his head. Right. Several days after that, he started having severe stomach pains that lasted about a week. So, he wonders if maybe he did actually swallow those nails and then they were in his tummy. Um and the Mm-mm. woman the woman followed up with I have learned to ignore and listen to the spirits as needed but that one was so specific I wanted to tell you she is very proud of that <gasps> uh, right so this whole saga ends with um they decide to do they um paired up with this group that I feel has like kerosene is the answer <laughs> I mean some people there's there's debate on whether or not burning stuff like that really cleanses. I just feel like fire's the only way. Yeah. I don't I, You might be right. There's no science. I just feel like it's the one thing that is guaranteed to decimate it. Yeah. So, uh the Greg and Dana have paired up with this group that has a like 3D scanner and printer. Okay. And they want to do they they started this whole project to um archive haunted artifacts by 3d scanning them and printing them and having like a like a you know a mock-up of them okay um for historical purposes and so they did a couple they did a couple different artifacts that were in their museum one of them being this crone and um during the 3d scan the equipment malfunctioned which had never happened before. It was kind of in a weird way. They didn't really understand why it happened. Um, they also captured something other than the statue. Um, and that's the most that I can find out about this because the rest of the information about it is behind a paywall. So you have to like donate uh, to their Patreon to like see the that's like, fair. yeah. So, I mean, I eventually want to do that. I, I, I think that they talked about it at the conference, but I have a terrible memory. I sort of remember vaguely remember them talking about this, but they were also trying to talk about this whole story within an hour while also talking about other artifacts that they had. So they probably glossed over it pretty quickly. But anyway, I hope to, you know, uh, pay and watch this video that they have about the 3d scan and report back to you guys and do like a little update about the crone but yeah so that's the catskills crone that is crazy (laughs) so creepy and i love it so much i i don't know if i would own an object with that kind of history attached to it yeah on purpose they own a lot of weird creepy stuff which makes me either think that they are straight up non-believers or 
they are believers, but they have some positive belief about like angels or something that's going to protect them from any significant harm. I, because otherwise you're just crazy. I don't, I definitely get the feeling that they're believers. Okay. Um, and I think that they talk about Dana being sort of a medium or sort of spiritually sensitive. I don't know. I, I don't recall anything that they've talked about as like protection. I mean, they do, they do take precautions. Like they put this crone in a box, right? And they don't let people touch her. Uh, I put it in a box with a steel chain around it and like 24 padlocks. I think they just really truly believe in documenting these things and sharing it with people, right? Like spreading the good word about hey, there's some weird shit that's going on that nobody likes to talk about or um, seems to believe, so we're gonna document it as best as we can scientifically. They seem to go about most of their investigations scientifically right okay um and so i I just truly believe that they are trying to just document this stuff like with with sort of an unbiased view although they do seem to be believers that's all i conclude from that can conclude from that i'm almost i feel scared for them yeah i do i mean i i don't think that i would want to take on that sort of task but hey that's like a more power to you. I don't know. I just don't want anything that potentially has bad juju in <laughs> yeah. it in my house. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Okay. I just I feel suddenly concerned for them. Yeah, you look like you have a real frowny face on. I don't. I just I'm like I this thing. It's there was nails that didn't belong inside a human. Mm-hmm. And while. <laughs> I am skeptical. I feel concerned for them. Yeah. I all my empathy is showing up. I'm like I don't know what you should do with that, but mm-hmm. I don't think the right answer is to keep it in your apartment. Yeah. Or your house or yeah. whatever. Whatever kind of domicile you you lay your head down in, I don't think that's the right answer. Right. I think you find someone who is super spiritual to come do whatever those people do mm-hmm. and then maybe call a couple other people you know just get a good cross section of gurus of all types to come do their their mysticism on it just to hedge your bets in yeah. all directions yeah play it safe and then maybe put that fucker in a storage <laughs> locker yeah and i think throughout the throughout the process they were sort of trying to locate where they thought it came from so mm-hmm. they could maybe put it back. But Yeah, maybe um, it's real pissed it's lost. Danny, the guy who posted on Reddit, he uh-huh. he he used a throwaway account, which means like he, he created this account to post this and then did not sure. follow up with it for people that aren't familiar with Reddit. Um and he totally ghosted them. Like he won't answer their emails. I don't blame him. I mean if I experienced that shit, I mean, and he was only like a second hand. Well, no, he did see the crone in his buddy's house, but yeah. So that, that guy won't speak to them. So they can't get the information from him. So they're trying to just kind of locate from the information that they have, 
where okay. this cave might be, but you know, I have a better a idea. Shot in the dark. Wood chipper, <laughs> then fire. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Then mystics. Mm-hmm. Wood chipper, fire, mystics. Right. Maybe just have everybody there at the same time. Mm-hmm. I find most dolls. The only dolls I don't find creepy are the like rag dolls. Because I had a Holly Hobby when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. So, like, the, you know, the cotton rag dolls mm-hmm. where they have, you know, screen printed or painted faces or embroidered or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, those, and they have yarn hair. Those don't give me the creeps. But all the ones with, especially the ones with the blinky eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't care for that. All those old school dolls you see at estate sales are like made out of rubber Mm -hmm. i don't like them i don't like the porcelain ones they all give me the fucking creeps and that thing even though it's not technically a doll it it gives me the same ick factor yeah i think poltergeist ruined me as a child (laughs) i think that's totally possible but Uh i um yeah i don't mm -mm. yeah Mm mm-mm Well, that concludes my Haunted Artifacts number one. Do you like that I'm more willing to believe that this hunk of wood contains something mm-hmm. totally diabolical? I know where you're going with this. Than I am that there's life on other planets. Yeah, I think that many of our listeners will agree with me. Except, okay, it's not that it's... I don't think that it's possible that there's life on other planets. I just don't <laughs> yeah, think that they're green men in yeah. little silver Cheerios. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that, but we've talked about that to death. Yeah, we totally many, have. many episodes. Anyway, well, we're going to try and keep things reasonably, I almost said reasonably priced, reasonably timed. Mm-hmm. Um, because, spoiler alert, we're recording the next episode immediately following this one, so. Yes, because we have got banana schedules right now. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, we'll just, uh, we'll just call it a, call it an episode. Um, yeah, we, I'm totally cool with that. We'd like to thank Brandon Lee Chilka for our wonderful intro and outro music. Um, and if you have any haunted artifacts that you have collected over the years, or if you can think of a particular one that gives you the creeps, you can tweet us at creepy club pod, or you can email us at creepy club podcast at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash creepyclubpodcast, or you can follow us on Instagram at creepyclubpodcast. You can follow me at creepyclubrissa, or you can follow Heidi at creepyclubheidi. Um, if you want to see the article with the Catskills crone or the picture of the haunted effigy at the St. Louis Art Museum, you can look that up in our meeting minutes at creepyclubpodcast.com. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. We haven't had any new reviews for a while, so get to reviewing us, please. Yes, and also thank you to our sponsor, Happy Little Craft Show, mm-hmm. which will be free, free admission for the general public. Well, all the public. Yeah. Not just generally, all of them. Very specific public. Yes. Um, swag bags for the first hundred through the door. Nice. Se- about 70 handmade vendors handmade and vintage vendors mm-hmm. super great time saturday march 9th 10 to 5 webster university grant gymnasium be grant. there or be square right all the cool kids are going so you know oh and food trucks because mm-hmm. that's Yummy. always delicious and there's going to be some fun make and take stuff stuff for kids stuff for adults 
stuff for the geeks, stuff for the all the kinds of peoples in your life. Always a really great time. Yeah. So thanks, thanks for sponsoring us. Awesome. So thank you so much for listening, and we hope you join us next time. Meeting adjourned. I'm still creeped out about that.